Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, Roshan and I will be talking about how to work out in the most strategic and efficient way, in a way that fits around your life. So we're going to be looking at how you can burn the most calories in the time you have available, but still in a very safe and fertility friendly way. This topic is something you know very well, Maria. I know that a lot of your clients come to you and they are really quite time poor, aren't they? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So one of the reasons for doing this show today is from a very organic need of quite often I have clients who will get in touch with me. Some of them have half an hour twice a week. Some of them, though, have maybe an hour three times a week. And in amongst all of that, they need a plan that can support them with that whilst also supporting their fertility at the same time. And with that in mind, a program that also supports their cycle as well. Cycle tracking is also really important when it comes to working out around your fertility. One of the things that you need to take into account is, first of all, how much time do you have in the week, but also tailoring your workout to tie in with this stage of the cycle that you're at, because it can make a massive difference. There's a lot that we're going to talk about. We're going to look at how to work out efficiently to fit your own individual lifestyle rather than the generic plan. Everything is going to bear in mind fertility. We're going to touch on cycle tracking and we're going to look at healthy weight loss as well. Because like we've said before, when it comes to fertility and to be honest, health in general, you don't want to be dropping a load of weight all in one go. So there's a lot to talk about in today's show. We know that when women and couples start going through the fertility journey, this measure of BMI starts becoming critically important, doesn't it? Can you just reiterate why it's important and what kind of numbers they should be aware of. We have talked about this before, but for any of our new listeners, and just because it is really important on the fertility journey, the kind of golden number that you need to aim for to access most fertility treatment is 29. You will have to be or have a BMI of 29 or below in order to access fertility treatment. You also, at the other end of the BMI spectrum, have to make sure that your BMI is not too low as well. And when you look on all the the clinical websites, all the research suggests that a BMI of less than 18.5 is actually underweight. So to put it into context, less than 18.5 is considered underweight. A BMI of 18.5 to 24.9 is considered normal. 25 to 29.9 is overweight. Basically, 30 plus is considered obese and extremely obese. This is why BMI becomes unfortunately very important in the fertility journey because a lot of clinics just won't treat you if your BMI is higher than 29. And there are lots of different reasons if you look at the research why clinics kind of go after this 29 BMI. I will point out here like we've done in other episodes and other shows that not everybody does agree with this but there is now a lot of research out there that suggests having a a weight as close to healthy as possible is quite significant on the fertility journey. And it's just one of those hurdles you have to reach for anyone going through fertility, I suppose this would be very quickly your number one priority. Yeah, and you come across it very quickly. And I have to say, listening to uh, clients and women that I've met, 
I mean, some of the way that this happens is brutal. You turn up to an appointment and they literally stick you on the scales, they'll tap into the computer. And I've heard of women saying, you need to go away and lose weight. And that's what they get in that 10 minute appointment. And this is devastating, you know, in that 10 minute appointment, which is so important to you when you're on your fertility journey, that very first appointment, whether it's with your GP, whether it's with a clinic, you have so much you want to say, you've got so much emotion, it's so important to you. And yeah, I've heard of women who they just get turned away within kind of two minutes flat, come back when you've lost two stone. It is a horrible situation that someone finds themselves in. And with very little guidance, very little information, we know through the podcast, but also with you working with your clients that, for example, women that have PCOS are more insulin resistant, so therefore they have a higher likelihood to be bigger, to crave those sugars more just biologically. So to send those women away, it seems so cruel. It is. You're not giving someone the treatment that they deserve because you're not giving them full information. And I suppose that's when they come to you and they say, Maria, I've got a BMI of 31. Where do I possibly start? A lot of clients come to me and they're already very emotional, which I completely understand. And we'll talk through a lot of different things. So we'll talk about their journey so far. We will have to talk about the BMI because ultimately that's the reason at the minute they've been turned down for treatment. But we'll also look at why they're finding it hard to lose weight. And it might be that they have PCOS and insulin resistance or endometriosis. Sometimes it's unexplained. There's a whole lot of reasons, but it isn't just a kind of generic personal trainer client conversation. There's a lot more to it. And the other thing I just want to talk about actually is, and we've not really talked about this on our show before, is this idea, and I don't really like it, but it's this idea of skinny fat, um, which is a really interesting concept. And I didn't realise there is actually a medical term for this. And it's, they abbreviated to M-O-N-W or metabolically obese normal weight. And this is something I was really looking at as well, because skinny fat is this idea that you can actually have a really high percentage of body fat and a low amount of muscle mass despite having a normal BMI. Now, you might think, well, that's fine, you've got a normal BMI, but just as something to be aware of, we know that high levels of body fat can actually interfere with ovulation. It's probably a bit of a longer story, but it's worth just being aware of what your body fat percentage is, particularly if you are struggling, because you might look really slim, but if you're carrying a lot of body fat, it might just be something that's worth looking into. I too have recently come across this idea of skinny fat. I think most of my young life I was skinny fat. You know those people that are small, but you just eat nothing but processed food. That was me all my life. So I'm assuming that I probably very much fit into this category. <laughs> I had to lose quite a lot of weight after I had my children. And I really looked into weight loss for the first time, and exercise for the first time. And that's when I realized there was a, such a thing called a body fat percentage. And the three ways, just to reiterate, you get one of the fancy scales. They're not hugely fancy, but they're, you know, they're over 10 pounds where it will give you a guide as to what your body fat percentage is. You can go for calipers. Usually that requires a personal Mm. trainer who's specialized in caliper measurement. They take about six points around your body and they kind of work out what your body fat percentage is from that. And the third and the most expensive and the most accurate is a DEXA scan. It will give you your weight, your body fat percentage, your water weight, and it will also give you your bone density. Really important, ladies, for us as we get older to make sure we keep an eye on that bone density. But they are the three ways that you can identify how much fat you have and where it is. The DEXA scan will also identify the difference between your visceral fat, so that's the fat between your organs, this was the bit we don't really see, and the subcutaneous fat, which is what you all see. That's the stuff kind of just under our skin. It will give you percentages of both. It's 
excellent. It's a bit pricey. I think I paid about £60 for my scan, but it's one of those. It gives you a really good starting point. I keep thinking that a better way of doing this would be on body fat percentage because like we've said before, fat is this active tissue, which I keep saying, but it's because it's true. I actually think a better way would be to look at your body fat and that would go for not having enough body fat and having too much body fat. It goes both ways. You need enough body fat for your body to function and you don't want too much body fat because it can interfere with ovulation. So it's just about getting that balance right. The other reason it's really worth being aware of your body fat and BMI is because a high BMI can also affect egg quality and also egg maturity when you're kind of digging down, getting a bit deeper here into your fertility journey. So BMI is not a perfect measure. As we know, unfortunately, it is what we're stuck with at the minute. But it's just to be aware body fat is a thing and you want to get that sweet spot that's just right. We understand that dieting is hugely important in order to get you into your BMI range quickly. But the more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism moves, the more calories you burn. Losing weight in a consistent and healthy manner. And the guidelines say around a pound a week, maybe half a kilo a week is safe for long-term weight loss. And it also means that you have, you know, some kind of chance of sticking to whatever diet or nutrition program you're following, because if you crash diet, it's very unlikely that you're going to last a very long time. So aim for about a pound a week, half a kilo, and it's safe. It's been shown in research to be safe for fertility because ultimately that's what this is all about. So don't lose fat too quickly. It can release toxins and it can cause problems. So, Bria, if you are super short on time, what is the most efficient workout that you can recommend to burn as many calories as possible? If you are super short on time, and to clarify, I'm talking about maybe 30 minutes max, two to three times a week. Okay, so we're super short on time. The go-to for this, you're going to be looking at HIIT training. Okay, so your high intensity interval training. That would be about... 20-ish minutes so you've got a warm-up and a cool down and then you've got about 20-ish minutes of something like 20 seconds of intense exercise on with 40 seconds off and the types of exercise that are going to burn you the most calories in that 20 seconds are things like high knees which for the record i hate but they work very well butt kicks mountain climbers so all of these they're really good really solid exercises if you were to measure them for a solid 30 minutes, they will burn approximately 300 calories. So just to give you a little bit of context. So what you would do is two to three times a week, you'll have a workout program. You're going to do about 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. And that is a really efficient way to burn calories. With fertility in mind, I would always say, by all means, you can do this type of interval training, but just don't go to your full kind of 10 out of 10, unless you're maybe like a year out. So say you know that you're in this for the long haul, say that you know that you're at least kind of three months away from starting fertility treatment in that situation, it will be okay to go harder. As you get closer to treatment, just lower the effort levels, probably to around a six out of 10. But this is a really efficient way to burn calories. Pluses, it's efficient. You can fit it in before or after work. You know, it's quite easy just to do it on your way home. You can be in and out in half an hour. What I love about HIIT training is you don't need equipment. So you can just do it at home. You could go home, you can get your workout mat. If you've got some dumbbells, you can build them in, but you absolutely don't have to. And it's really important because it builds um, muscle, but it also improves your cardio as well. So you're burning calories and basically you're getting fit and strong. The only thing that you really need to be careful with is to make sure 
you know how to do the moves that you're actually carrying out the exercises you're carrying out because obviously if you're going reasonably intense you don't want to be having poor technique because you will just get injured so the main thing is make sure that you watch the videos watch it on youtube do a live session with a trainer first just to make sure that your technique is really on point and then by all means you know knock yourselves out but hit training a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to calorie burn is there any time within my cycle if i was cycle tracking that you would recommend that I go for the hit? There are individual differences here, but the main time to really go for it is before ovulation. In that first uh, follicular phase, you quite often will feel really good, especially as ovulation is approaching. Now, I have had some clients who feel awful around ovulation, so there are individual differences here, but generally speaking, you know, you're feeling good, you're looking good, you're smelling good, your skin's looking amazing, you're looking in the mirror and you're going, oh yeah, I'm looking good. This is a time where you quite often have a load of energy and this is a really good time to do HIIT training. After um, ovulation, and particularly for my clients, I would say lessen the intensity, partly because after ovulation, hopefully you're going to be in that two week wait, which is obviously the time between ovulation and when your period hopefully doesn't arrive if you're trying to conceive. So I would always suggest that after ovulation, you lessen the intensity, really focus on the kind of lower impact exercises. I basically like to do pregnancy safe workouts in that time, just because so many of my clients have been on such a long journey by this point. They really want as much reassurance as they can that everything they're doing is okay. If you incorporate pregnancy safe workouts into that two week way, it just brings that little bit of security and reassurance that even if I am pregnant, nothing I'm doing here is going to cause me any harm. Can you give us an example of a couple of pregnancy safe workouts? Pregnancy safe workouts tend to mean avoiding jumping exercises. What's called plyometrics or things like box jumps, burpees, lay off on those. Um, you don't want to be jumping exercises because it will massively elevate your heart rate. And that is something you do need to be careful with in pregnancy. You do want to keep your body temperature at a reasonable level, so not super high. You might want to avoid the twisting exercises, particularly if you've been through fertility treatment. Exercises where you lose balance we're going to avoid. There are adaptations that should be made just to keep you nice and safe. If you're in that, that space between you need to lose the weight before you can get the treatment, it is a really good idea to start cycle tracking now. Yeah. You don't want to be pushing yourself doing, you know, jumping rope and, and box jumps when you're at a point in your cycle where you don't actually have much energy. And here comes my key phrase. If the workouts are easier and if you enjoy them, you know what I'm going to say, people. Consistency is key. You'll come back. This is what I am always banging on about. Roshan is laughing, but it's true. We're looking at building workouts in to fit your life and your schedule. So that's why we're saying if you're super short on time, HIIT training with a little bit less intensity when you're going through fertility is really important, but also fitting it into your cycle because there are different stages in your cycle and you will feel differently at different points. So to say I've got three 45s a week, I can't get one more in, it just never happens. What would you recommend for a gal like me? Four to five minutes a week, three times a week is a really nice amount of time to work out. You can really make quite significant differences here. And one of my go-tos is a spin class. It's not all about your really heavy lifting in the gym, but a spin class, or if you've got a turbo or a spin bike at home, is absolutely perfect for this. It can burn four or 500 calories in a spin class in a four to five minute time. And for those of you who don't really know what that means, that's the equivalent of a five mile run. It's like a party on a bike, it's amazing. So you get the endorphins, for anyone that's not sure, a spin class is where you have um, the stationary bikes, but they're designed to allow you to work out pretty hard. You have an instructor at the front, for 30 to 45 minutes, you will go helpful leather on this bike. And I love it because it is loads of fun. You've got a community, you've got amazing music on, 
but also it's really low intensity on your knees. And this doesn't matter what age you are. This doesn't matter if you're really young and in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you don't want to be messing your knees up. You will burn roughly 500 calories and you're doing it in a nice, safe way. And it is just really good fun. And if it's fun, you're going to go back. I've recently come to spin because, not to go on about our knees too much, but all of these box jumps <laughs> and all of these burpees I was doing for many years <laughs> has seemed to have weakened my left knee. I had to kind of swap that out and go for something else. And I decided that spin would have to be it. I think spin really worries the amateur or the newbie. It's a lot of cardio in a short period of time, especially if you're not the fittest, you might be quite intimidated by this class. When I started spin, firstly, the gym that you go to will probably set up your bike or give you a bit of an introduction on the bike. And depending on which gym you go to, they've all got different types. There's lights, there's, there's gears, but they'll bring you through that. Mm -hmm. As a newbie, keep the resistance down a little bit. Like certainly go with what you can do, but keep your eye on that resistance. You don't have to go all the way straight out the gates. And when I say resistance, that's how heavy it is to push the pedals. So if you yeah. want in the class to breathe, to relax, to bring down your heart rate, to just take a minute, do it. Don't have to be expert straight off the bat. When it comes to fertility, again, we don't want to be going too extreme. So if you're getting closer to the point where you're going to be looking at starting um, your fertility journey, what I love about spinning is you can manage your own effort. So like Roisin was just saying, it works on resistance. So you turn up the resistance and it's harder to pedal. It's a bit more like going uphill. You lower the resistance uh, when you're coming downhill. When it comes to uh, your fertility journey, you can just adjust the resistance. In terms of bang for your buck, you will burn a ton of calories. If you're not a spin fanatic and if you don't have a gym membership, and there are two other options here as well that work really well on this kind of four to five minutes three times a week. The other one is if you're into running, you can now start to go for a longer run in that time period. So that's a really nice amount of time to maybe get in a kind of, I don't know, three to five mile run, which would just again burn, it burns a lot of calories running. So just to give you a bit of an example, if you weigh 155 pounds in about 45 minutes, you're going to burn around 600 calories. That is a lot of calories that you're burning in a short space of time. And the other one is swimming. Now, personally, I am not a fan of the swimming because my hair is really curly and it takes ages to fix it afterwards okay so that's just my own personal vanity and laziness <laughs> a lot of people love swimming and it is really good for you and again you're going to be burning a lot of calories so per half an hour you're looking at again four to six hundred calories of swimming it's a really good one it's low impact it's great for cardio it's great for toning obviously the main hassle is you need a pool but other than that you know you're good to go i'm going to add in some equipment that will make your swimming life so much easier waterproof headphones you see i've never used these but i think they would be a game changer because i get so bored swimming up swimming down so oh my lord there is something so lovely and I, I try and do it once a week where i i'm not a good swimmer i'm not an efficient swimmer so i'm not burning all those calories for me it's a relaxation exercise something i really enjoy doing i get my headphones on but what I also do as part of the swimming that I use as an add-on, I think it's really, and something that we really have to sort of do more on, cold water immersion. If you are a member of a gym, sometimes they'll have either a really cold shower area or a plunge pool. Maria does not find the idea of cold water immersion in any way relaxing, but I can assure you it is unbelievably good for relaxation. I am 100% in favour of all the research and all the literature that looks at cold water immersion um, and I've been looking at this quite a lot, but I, I can't even do a cold shower. It absolutely kills me off. But there are lots of advantages and yes, we will, we will come back to this for sure. So to say I have unlimited time, what is the maximum amount of exercise that you would recommend to someone that was going through their TTC journey? 
And all the research is showing that four to five hours a week of moderate intensity exercise is what a lot of the research is now recommending when you are getting fit for fertility. So four to five hours a week max. And some of you will be thinking, God, there's no way I'm ever going to do four to five. But I do actually have some clients. And one of the things we're working on is reining in how much they're doing because, you know, they're they're really sporty. They've been working out for a very long time. If you do have a job that allows you to work out a lot, it's, it's quite easy to get up to four to five hours a week. So for fertility, aim to keep it below five and you're looking at moderate exercise. So nothing too intense in that time period. For this, my go-to Roshan is one of your favourites. It's a resistance training, so weight training. It has so many benefits and I think so many people hear about it and they instantly kind of turn off this idea. But resistance training is absolutely amazing. You can burn up to 250 calories an hour. And you do get more bang for your buck in that 250 calories an hour is still good but what you're doing is you're building up your muscle mass and muscle burns more calories than fat it will improve your metabolic rate weight training burns body fat so you will be lowering that overall body fat percentage which is what we were talking about at the the start of the show it also increases your bone strength there are so many benefits in addition to the calories you're burning and also, you will just feel better in your genes. And I and I don't say that in a in a kind of vain way. I say that because 99% of the women I speak to, they're all about fertility, but they also just want to fit back into their genes. If you look and feel better in the process, then happy days. So weight training is brilliant. People can be quite overwhelmed when they go in the weights area. Mm-hmm. What I did to build up my knowledge about weights, I went to a Les Mills body pump class because what they do is teach you technique with low weight, and high reps. But what you will do is you will start building your knowledge around weight and about the exercise and about the posture. If you want to up your weights and reduce your rep, or you just want to do a bit of a workout on your own, when you're going into that weight area, you know what you're doing and you've got a general idea Mm -hmm. of the weights that you can carry. I've been to the gym with clients before and they were genuinely terrified of going in the weights area. They said to me, all I do when I go to the gym is I basically keep my head down, I go over to the cardio machines, I do half an hour of cardio and then I leave. I fully understand why they do that. And the other thing with weight training is, even though you're doing a longer session, and it doesn't have to be an hour, but just to give you a bit of an idea, you might actually find that easier to do two or three of those a week than you would do three hit sessions because you are working hard, but it's just a different type of hard to the hit sessions. And again, we're all about consistency and longevity. So if you find two to three weight training sessions a week, easier than two to three hit sessions a week, then by all means do those because you will just keep coming back. And there are just so many benefits, particularly if you have things like PCOS, we've talked before, but muscle mass has been shown to really help with insulin resistance, which basically means you will also be supporting yourself in lowering your weight as well at the same time. The only minuses really are a little bit of time and a little bit of equipment, but if you've got basic equipment, you can do um, resistance training at home. It doesn't have to be in the gym. We are all time poor. Maria, I'd love your opinion on this. What about using leg weights and arm weights maybe when you're walking on a treadmill? Yes, I love that. The other way you could potentially do it, and this is obviously maybe when you're really starting to get quite confident in your abilities in the spin class, like a weighted vest in a spin class or something like that, where it's this Mm -hmm. idea that you're kind of progressing and you're adding kind of weights as part of your cardio. 
And I, and again, just yeah. efficiency, just getting it done quick. All the weights do is they make your muscles work harder. So if you're building that into your cardio, you're making your muscles work harder so you'll burn more calories. And you're also getting fitter at the same time. A lot of people, when they are a bit more comfortable, they will wear a weights vest. And you, you see people running out with them as well. Because again, you're just carrying a little bit of extra weight, which means you're working harder, which means you're burning more calories. Definitely don't jump into the weights straight away, but they are a really nice way to work out efficiently and to just, again, a gentle nudge, burn a few more calories and work those muscles and build up a bit of resistance. Yeah, really good idea. I wish it was mine, but it's not. Actually, I was listening to something by Davina McCall <laughs> and she said she'd use this leg weights when she is going walking. And I remember thinking, that's mm -hmm. a great idea. It's just adding that little bit extra. The other thing that you can do with a longer session, again, it doesn't have to all be about the gym, is you could actually join a sports team. I can hear people's thoughts now. They're going, absolutely not. I'm not fit enough. I'm not sporty enough. I was rubbish at sport at school. I'm too uncomfortable in my clothes. I don't know anybody, right? These are all the thoughts that people have when they're going to join a sports team. And I know that these are the thoughts that you have. What I would like to say to you is just do it anyway. First of all, not everybody in a sports team is super fit. I can tell you that because I've been on many sports teams. And I say that with respect to my teammates, but not everybody's super fit. Please just find something that you might be interested in. It could be netball, basketball, cricket, martial arts, boxing, water polo. By the way, water polo burns a ton of calories, okay? Absolutely ton of calories. Go climbing, you know, build those muscles. Football, hiking, honestly, just do it anyway. Just try. Just try, find a group and enjoy it because it's the same as the spinning. You've got a lovely community and if they're not nice, don't go back. Go find another group that are nice. Team sports are a brilliant way to meet people, absolutely support you with consistency. You will keep going back, you'll have fun and you'll build self-confidence and just feel better about life. So please, please, please do consider it if you want a little bit of extra support. It all goes back to accountability, being part of a team. You kind of have to turn mm -hmm. up, you can't let people down. I think the main thing to take away from today's show is that just start. Like regardless of how much time you've got in the week, you know, we've given you some suggestions here, but whether you have a gym membership, whether you don't have a membership, whether you have equipment at home, there is always something you can do. And it might be that you start by stretching in front of the TV two nights a week. That's fine. It's a start. Get going and every little helps. It's all about the little nudges that will very much point you in the right direction. If you can start to track it into your menstrual cycle, that's great, but you can always build up to that and just keep fertility in mind at all times. But there are definitely things you can do that will that will make a really big difference on your journey. Always reminded about my friend's story. When she started her fertility journey, she was morbidly obese. She had that big old 35 plus BMI and she started by walking around the block. It doesn't matter where you start, it's where you end that counts. Be good to yourself. And don't push it too hard in the early stages. You're just going to put yourself off. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. With that in mind, Maria, who are we going to be speaking to next week? Well, this ties in very nicely because next week we are going to be speaking to uh, one of my very own clients. And they are going to come on. They have a good story to share. They're going to be talking to us about their fertility journey, where they're up to with that journey so far and all the things they did to help, including the kind of fitness side to training. So I'm really excited to talk. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly, share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.